success looks so easy from the outside, but all successful people have had to overcome enormous obstacles along the way. And in many cases, look failure right in the eye. Most successful people don't focus on the struggle and rarely do they talk about it because quite frankly, that's not what creates success. Join us here where we will chat with fierce female entrepreneurs and share the good, the bad, and the ugly of entrepreneurship and talk about the obstacles we have faced and how you can overcome them to reach the success that you desire. I am your host, Cami Lehman, and this is the She's Invincible Podcast. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today on the She's Invincible podcast. And do we have an invincible one to introduce you to today? Shannon Crotty is a wife and mom of three who lives in West Central Wisconsin. She is the founder and CEO of Polkadot Powerhouse, a global connection company for women. Shannon is also the founder and visionary of the soon-to-be-released the Deep End Planner, as well as the author of a brand new book, No One is Peeing in the Deep End, a survival guide for launching a dream. Also, as a sought-after speaker, Shannon not only empowers audiences to be more authentic versions of themselves, but she also provides tools for them to rein in their focus to allow them to more easily reach their goals and launch their dreams. Shannon loves golfing, travel, style, fitness, and the good ice. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Welcome, Shannon. Welcome to the She's Invincible podcast. It is so great to have you with us today. Thank you, Cammie. I, you know that I love you, but I also so appreciate the opportunity to talk to you and your, and your audience. Thank you. Oh, well, thank you. It is such an honor. So, so fun. So great to have you here. Um, you know, not only are you all these things, but you're my friend and that means so much to me. And I have so many amazing memories and just joyful times that we've had together. And it's just been, I'm so grateful, seriously. And it's such an honor. So let's do this. Let's jump in, let's tell our listeners, how in the world did you get where you are today? And what makes you invincible? Okay. So you know the story, but your audience may not. So I, I was born and raised in Edmond, Oklahoma, outside of Oklahoma City. I went to school with 900 people. That was my graduating class, 900 people. We graduated in a football stadium and I never had to worry about how I made a friend, right? And uh, I I graduated from high school. I got married in one of those real young marriages, uh, divorced real quick. And then kind of by a weird circumstance of working with a sister, I I met my husband long distance. Now, that was back in 93. So there was no Internet. There was no Facebook, all of that. You had to do everything long distance phone calls, right, and flying back and forth. And so Brian and I did that for about a year. And then when we got engaged, one of us had to move. So he had a better job in Acreage. The kids and I moved because I had two kids from my previous marriage. Um, We moved to Wisconsin right before winter. Super smart, right? You sometimes don't do something that's smart. And I realized once I got here that I didn't know how as an adult to make friends. And the more I tried, the more that kind of desperation stink was on me. And, you know, I kind of had a couple of bad experiences with that. And then I just kind of said, you know what, maybe, maybe, maybe I don't need the friends, right? Women need friends. That's for sure. But I thought I would just, you know, tell myself I didn't need that. So I went through a long period of disconnection that looking back, I needed to have gone through. Um, And then I became a realtor. And then I noticed the areas around us had women's magazines, but we didn't. And I wanted someone to start a women's magazine. I wanted to be a reader of that magazine. So I started telling everybody and Two years later, I'm still telling people. And I have this problem where things shoot out of my mouth before I can catch them. Um, So I hadn't walked in with any intent, but I walked into a room full of realtors for a training and said, well, if no one's going to start this magazine, I'm going to start it. And I heard myself say it. I'm thinking, did you think that or did you say it, Shannon? And I knew I'd said it because I kind of got the look up and down of what, do you know what you're doing? No, I don't know what I'm doing. 
So luckily <laughs> God put people in my path that did know what they were doing. And we launched the magazine within about a year and a half. We had about 80,000 readers. We had a great time. You know, there's always a pay to play. So there's always a shit show on the other side of every success, right? Yes. There's always these things you have to do that you didn't bargain for. So it was stressful, but it was fun. And it was during the period of the magazine that my sister Tina passed. Now, my sister Tina, we, we grew up in a house with a lot of secrets. And so I did have all these friends, I'm putting in the you know, air quotation of friends at school, but my MO was to, con- to connect people together but then we would all be friends and I would watch other people develop rich relationships while I watched from the outside. It was just safer because you didn't ever bring anybody home. You didn't know what you were coming home to. And of course with Tina, I didn't have to do that because she lived at my house with me. There was nothing to hide. There was no camouflage that was needed. And so Tina was my first experience with being able to breathe. I don't know if other women listening to this or men or maybe all of us, how often we hold our breath Uh, But with Tina, that breath was there and I could breathe. And that was my first experience with that. So during the period that I had the magazine, Tina passed. And that kind of knocked me off my feet. And really, she was really at that time, I still had problems relating to people to some degree. She was one of about five people that I could really relate to. So Tina had passed. Um, I had the magazine and it was about two years after Tina passed that I started to hear, I have Pop Rocks brain. Do you have Pop Rocks brain, Cammie? I do. <laughs> yep. All those ideas shooting. I'm a, I'm a visionary with no detail skills, right? So that's all I have is these little <laughs> ideas. And I don't know how they're going to happen, but they're there. And we start to hear from readers that say, this is so great to read about people, but how do I meet them? And I still didn't really know what to tell them. I had certainly friends that were through the magazine or real estate but I still had found a good group for myself. And so I didn't know what to say to them. And so one day I was upset in my car about something unrelated, probably real estate. right? (laughs) Um, And I was bawling and I pulled the car over and I was praying to my sister, Tina. And I said, Tina, I just need your help and I need your guidance. And all of a sudden the name polka dot powerhouse was in my head. And so I knew Tina had sent me this name. I didn't know what I was supposed to do with it. Um, my husband's great, but he's super analytical logistical. So I wasn't talking to him about it. Right. Cause I didn't right. have any evidence to back up any questions he would have. And I wasn't, you know, I, I talked to like one person about it, but I really didn't know what to do with it. A couple months later, we were in an editorial board meeting for the magazine. Again, I didn't have any intent. It just pops out. I think we should start this group for women, no drama. And the staff was like, where are you at mentally? Like what's going on? We're, pro- we're planning this issue. And what are you talking about? And so I know they weren't bought in, but I paid their income. So they said, okay. <laughs> and so we decide, we start promoting this group, Polka Dot Powerhouse. And to be honest with you, we weren't even really clear, 100%. We were just like, okay, we're going to do this. It's not completely clear. Let's go. And so we start to advertise in the magazine. The magazine was monthly. We start to plaster like almost every other page was an advertisement for Polka Dot, right? And we had over 100 people say they were going to join, which was bad, which was good and bad. Good because that's good. Bad because I am the least artistic person that you know. I If I draw a stick person, you're not quite sure if it's a stick person or a square triangle, what it is. And I we didn't have any money for the first website, so I built the first website. So things were falling off the side, the, you know, the <laughs> clip art and all the things. And the bad thing about 100 people saying they were going to join is I thought we're going to crash this crappy website that I built. <laughs> So going up to launch day, I was just a wreck. You know, I hold my stress in my stomach. I was just a wreck. My stomach was hurting all of that. But we get to launch day and what more are you going to do, right? And we're expecting 100 people. And on launch day, only one person joins. And hell no, I was not going to tell her she was the only person. (laughs) We had staff in there and stuff, but she lived more than an hour away. So she actually didn't log back in, nor did she know that she was the only person until years later. And so, you know, inside I'm all gutted, but the staff is looking at me like, okay, Shannon, only one person joined. I'm, I'm deflecting. We just got to remind them. They just forgot. <laughs> Even two months later, we only had that first member, Cora. And the staff is like, you've got to do something, right? Like you have got to call this. It was just a bad idea. Everybody has one. You know, they had like a little mini intervention with me in the <laughs> office that, that, you know, like, you know, you've got to do this. This is bad. 
And I said, you know, I listened to all of them. I said, I know that you're right. I know there's no reason to believe this is working. I believe me, there's no one more humiliated or embarrassed than me, but there is something in my gut that's telling me that we're not supposed to quit. And I'm going to believe in myself. And that was actually one of the first times I had said that. So I know that they figured she's going through some kind of crisis, right? (laughs) But again, I paid their income. So what are they going to say? So I said, look, even if it's just the five of us going to lunch once a month, this is what we're doing. And so we had our first meeting in October of 12 and we had 12 people come and 10 of them joined. And then some months there was no one, some months there was one person. At the end of the first year, we had 30 members and people started to ask us to spread out. And that was, no, that's a hell no for me. Uh, That sounded really super scary to me. What if someone sees me? What if they realize I don't know what I'm doing? What if they realize this maybe was sent to the wrong person at what I was thinking at the time? And so I said, no, I have the magazine. I don't have the bandwidth. But you know how sometimes God, the universe, whatever you believe in, if you don't make the move, it kind of kicks you from behind and kicks you in the direction (laughs) that you were supposed to go, right? I am so aware of that. (laughs) (laughs) So our attorneys call us and say, look, we don't know what you're intending to do with with these two companies, but they're becoming very melded together. And so we believe that you should split them up, even if you plan to keep them so that, you know, they're two separate entities. And so we split the companies. And a couple months later, I'm having lunch, actually brunch with a friend of mine catching up. And she was a nighttime news broadcaster. She was saying she needed to find something else so she wouldn't miss nighttime with her kids. I was saying, yeah, I don't know what we're going to do because Brian likes polka dot much more than the overhead of the magazine. And all of a sudden, every third question she would ask me, we'd come back to the mag magazine. And before I really even had a chance to take a breath, it was literally just within a week or two, we were in contract for her to buy the magazine, which was so inconvenient because that was my crutch, right? Yes. (laughs) So now all those people that I said, oh, I can't spread. I don't have the bandwidth. They're like, they're looking at me. Hey, Shannon, (laughs) you don't have the magazine anymore. Uh, So then we start a chapter an hour away, an hour and a half away. And those people have people traveling. So now we're right at, just right at 3,000 members across the U.S., Canada, the U.K., across the globe. We say that every new member is a sister that my sister Tina has sent. Sometimes you see how someone found us and you're like, oh, that was a good one. You worked hard on that one. And, you know, our mission is to connect women across the globe for sisterhood. It started as a very business slanted kind of company and there's still a heavy business component there. Um, But sometimes people will say, I don't have a business. Can I join? I'm like, you run a household, don't you? You didn't know this, but you actually have a business, right? You may not be getting paid or have the title you want, but you have a business. So really there's no disconnection. And it's been, it's taught me a lot. The community's taught me a lot. I love it. You know, and I, you know, I'm a fan of Polka Dot Powerhouse and, you know, as a, a managing director, I have seen people that had come into my chapter that they were in transition. They moved from another state, kind of like your story. And um, they they didn't have a job or a career, but they were looking for one. And I can't tell you how many people actually found their new job or career uh, through other associations with Polka Dot. So, you know, I think every if you're a human being and <laughs> you've got a pulse and a pen, I think you need to come because, you know, whatever it is, you're going to find it. And even if it's something you're not looking for, sometimes the most unexpected surprises come through your collaboration and connections of Polka Dot Powerhouse. So I'm forever grateful. I can't even, I wish I had a list to tell you, but I will actually figure it out and tell you later of how many uh, entrepreneurs I have helped start launch top podcasts that came from Polka Dot Powerhouse. So like it's, it's huge and there's so, so much opportunity for connections and collaborations and, and moving into whatever that next level is, or just growing where you are, if you're Mm -hmm. already doing great and you're happy, but it's just so, so fun. I love it. Well, here's the thing. I recently, you know, when I go to events to meet chapters, I will tell them, tell me what you've received or what you hope to receive. And what I've always done this, but what I've recently started revealing is what you say you've received is actually what you've given yourself. We are simply reflecting that back to you. And what you're saying you hope to receive is actually what you need to give yourself. And once you give that, we will reflect that back to you. I love it. So 
Yeah. yeah, I've seen so much of it and it's just amazing to me. So tell us what makes you invincible. What makes me invincible is that I am a jump off the cliff and build the, the plane on the way down. Yes, that was what makes me invincible. And, and I, you know, we often call that a flaw. Impatience to other people seems like a flaw. Some days it does to me too. But that's actually my, I believe your flaws are your superpowers in hiding. And my impatience makes me invincible. I love it. I love it. Building that plane on the way down. Getting wings. Yes. There are not a lot of people that operate that way. So I always admire those who do because it is such a cool way to live and to create. Right. And and just to take that vision and just go. Okay. Well, today we are talking about, and we did this so good in just this journey of how you got there, but today we're talking about finding yourself in your founder's journey. You know, I'm sure when, before you relocate and all those things, like this was the furthest thing from your imagination. So what, tell us a little bit about that, about that finding yourself in that founder's journey. You know, I think, I think one, and one of the reasons I wrote the book is that, you know, it's still happening, right? I think that if you're alive, you have work to do on yourself. I certainly do. And that is not only as a human, but that also has to do with being a founder. And I wish that there were, you know, each of us is on our own journey and there's no one that can fix that or prepare us for that. That's part of living. That's part of the joy of it. And that's part of the heartache of it. But there are certain things that I wish people had told me when we started and as a founder, you're who are you going to ask, right? Because you have to look a certain way in public. They're expecting you to be a certain way. They're expecting you to know what you're doing. Um, and, and complaints go up, not down. So who are you going to ask? Who are you going to seek it from? For me, all the people that I was exposed to were, you know, people you saw on social media and things. And of course, they're giving the highlight reel. So there's, you know, there's not a lot to grab as part of that early founder or a part of that middle founder, right? It's all about the person that's made it. And that journey, that part of the journey looks much different than the beginning and the middle. So for me, again, I, this, this book is, is what I wish I had read when I started. But for me, that journey was about number one, embracing all the things that make me me, even the parts that, you know, you, you previously tr tried to deny were you and, and trusting that you can trust 300 feet at a time, you know, the distance of headlights, we get in the car, it's dark. We trust that car that we're not going to just fall off the side of a cliff. And yet we don't always, you know, have that same grace for ourselves. And so for me, it was, you know, cause there was very much the feeling when we started that, this has been sent to the wrong person. I'm the worst connector in the world who owns a connection company, who's an ambivert, not introvert, not extrovert, ambivert, who's a Capricorn, ENTJ. Like this is not who the person this was supposed to be sent to. And that feeling of being discovered and found out and someone saying, oh yeah, you're the wrong person. This needs to go to someone else. And trying to be in hiding there. There's a part in the book where I talk about having to go sit in the bath, you know, this actually comes from my upbringing, but going to the bathroom to collect myself and sitting there for a while and listening to the conversations in the bathroom and that kind of thing. And you learn a lot about people that way, but you also learn about yourself that, you know, the, the at the end of the day, what keeps a lot of founders going is just that 300 feet. Sometimes it's two feet, right? Right. It's also embracing the fact that me, myself as a founder, is going to look 100% different than Cammie Lehman as a founder. Founder, And we are all unique. And we're, there's a reason that dream was sent to us because we are the person, you know, sometimes people ask me, my ENTJ-ness, my commander personality, how did that help the company? I said, you know, I don't know because I'm not the one in charge of this whole show, right? But I can tell you that maybe it, maybe it helped us grow to have someone with a harder edge in the front, right? Yeah. Maybe we, we, we would have just been local, which was fine, but there's Something about the way that I'm built, this dream needed me and I needed it. And trusting the fact that it will all reveal itself when it's time. Like I, what's happening now, 10 year ago, 10 year ago, founder could not have handled that. Mm -hmm. So I can trust that whatever shows up, I will have the wisdom, the muscles the, and the strength to handle it at the time. 
I don't need to have it all figured out in the beginning. I love that. That is so great. So I, there's, there's this one thing that stands out to me and I've always loved polka dot and I loved everything about it uh, from when I was first introduced, which I think is probably now over six years ago, uh, which I just don't even know where time goes anymore. However, the one thing that stands so loud and clear to me is the, you know, prior to 2020, Polka Dot was in person, all in person. We were really just starting to like do some virtual things here and there. Um, but then the pandemic hit and no one could leave their homes and no one could go out. And, you know, I'm, I'm taking us right into this authentic leadership part here because I want to talk about you a little bit in the sense of how you took the reins of this dream and this, this, amazing, you know, company that you created here and you carried it on your back for almost two years. Uh, so you talk about being a founder, right? So that's one thing. Yay. Everything's going great. It's growing. Everyone's happy. And then all of a sudden there's a global pandemic. And I was so impressed with the way that you stood up in your authentic leadership you took control and you, I still, when I think about it, now I'm going to say it out loud again, that you had a one hour virtual Zoom meeting every single day. Every, not, not every week, not a few times, every single day. And I know that because I attended it because people needed that. And there was so many people that came to that Zoom and, you know, I, I, I could not describe a better form of leadership than what you presented in that time. Of, and there's so many people that I meet today that they're like, I joined in 2020. And I'm like, yeah, I remember you were on our virtual call. Like I met you there. And they didn't even know what the real, as they say, polka dot powerhouse was. They knew they had this thing that they could plug into for an hour every single day. I don't know how you did it. I still don't know. I, I probably you don't know how you did it <laughs> looking back. But I want to talk about what drives a leader to do that? What were you thinking? What inspired that? And and then how did you pull it off? Because I mean, schedules are made, you know, like, how did you do it? So number one, I got a little nauseous when you even said that, because again, I mean, I'm an ambivert, right? Like, so people expect founders, or at least a founder of a connection company to want to be on all the time. And that is not me. I describe it as I love people when I'm with them, but I'm breathing in a bag an hour before and I need four days of downtime after. So what happened was I was actually visiting a launch when the announcement of the shutdown came and I was traveling home and my head said, and my heart said, Hey, we're a connection company. This just feels wrong that we're taking away connections. We're supposed to be inserting them. So I got, I, I listen at, to my gut all the time. Sometimes my gut also has a sense of humor, right? I am traveling. I'm, I land to go home. I have an hour and a half drive home. In my car, I just feel like you just need to go talk to the members. Like, I need this. The members need this. I go talk. In that talk, I say, we're going to have a one-hour Zoom every day of shutdown. The minute I got off that live, I, I was in like the sweats. I was like, did you just say that? How can you do that? You don't, you need a lot of downtime. You don't even like to be on it every day. What have you done? So the whole hour and a half drive home, I am like, I think I even cried some. What have you done? How are you going to do this? Like, again, that jumping off the cliff and building the plane on the way down happened to me again. So there were certainly days, I love my polka dot sisters, but there were certainly days I didn't want to be on there. But I'm wearing my, because I said I would bracelet. I keep promises to other people and myself. So I showed up but at the end of the day, at the end of that, you know, and now we've moved it. They wanted to keep it forever. And I'm like, ladies, I can't do this forever. Like now the schedules have opened back up. Right. And I can, I'm traveling, but we have it once a month. But what I found is I think that that feeling that, that desire went to my gut, not only to help the polka dot sisters, and I'm so glad it helped whoever it helped. I needed it too. You know, I have a special needs adult son at home. Um, Brian, you know, I don't think he was injured yet. Then he had his eye injured later on, but it was, it was hard on all of us 
So I needed it. I didn't think I needed it. I didn't think I wanted it, but I needed it just as much as anyone. And we, you know, you just, it was Zoom, right? So business on the top, party on the bottom, the, the lounge pants with, you know, with a professional shirt and what, what you know, just bare, some days I looked great. Other days I didn't. You showed up because you told people you would do it. Um, and, and, and in the end of the game, it really helped me too. So, so it was a, a win-win. That, that was amazing that you did that. I was just like, what is she doing? But man, I was on every one of them because I, it, it helped me too. Right. Because we were disconnected from everyone. And so I, I love that. And I think that is, you know, leading out front, right. Is the way to lead authentically. So any other things that you want to share about the, this authentic leadership, what else is on your heart about that today? You know, I don't, when I say some people get confused, well, yeah, I don't want people to, I don't want air my dirty laundry. No, that's not what we're talking about. Nobody wants to hear that anyway. Right. Sure. But, but the hard parts, because we tend to hear about the very beginning of journeys and we hear about the very end of journeys. And it is that middle part that no one talks about. And so there's a lot of feeling, there's a lot of people feeling like they're failing because leaders aren't willing to be seen enough to show the rough edges. And I think that part of leadership is protection and part of protection is people behind you. And I think that we owe it to leaders. Cause again, I think there's a lot of people who start things and think because this didn't go perfectly as it appeared to for other people, then I'm doing it wrong or it was a sent to the wrong person and they quit and maybe they're meant to quit. Or maybe it means that they simply didn't know that rough edges are part of the process that we all go through them, that there's plenty of founders crying at any given day or frustrated or, or with their head down, whatever, it doesn't mean that. And so for me, leaders who are courageous enough, and, and believe me, it's hard. It's, it sounds easy. It's not easy to admit all of your shortcomings and, and to admit the hard parts because as founders, there's a lot of people who look up to us, you know, to, to carry that torch. Nobody wants to see the torch carrier with, with, you know, their shorts ripped or whatever. Right. But it <laughs> right. happens. And so to help the leaders that are currently putting their toe in the water or are coming to the water, we owe it to them to lead in an authentic way. I love it. That's amazing. Oh, well, and thank you for being that person who does that. And, you know, I love what you're saying here about, you know, you see the beginning and you see the end, but the the middle, the messy part, that's what we're here for. This is what the podcast is all about, is that we open up the curtain and we share the messy parts to inspire and encourage those who are in the middle right now uh, to to just say to them, like, you you can keep going. You have to just get back up, right? You, mm. you know. So many times in this journey, we find ourselves face down on the ground. And, you know, this is where the rubber meets the road. You get to decide what story you want to tell at the end. And so, and it usually is, aren't you glad you didn't give in, right? Because nobody remembers the guy who quit. They they remember the ones who actually make it and tell the story about it and show up authentically. So I love that. Well, this is so fun and I'm so excited about your book. So let's talk a bit about your book right now. How fun it and your planner. Oh my gosh. So I've heard about the planner all year. I don't know where I missed the uh, invitation to, to be, to be able to test it out. Cause I sure could have used it, but I can't <laughs> wait until it hits the market so I can purchase it. But yeah, I've gotten so much great feedback from some of the people who have been testing it. Uh, so Tell us about that. And then let's jump into the book. Okay. So the planner, I'm a planner geek, right? Love all the planners. I think I've used almost every planner that's in existence, but what would happen for me is I, I could never find the one that I needed. And so I'd wind up making now, and I'm not artistic, so they were rough, but making my own sheets and either taping, stapling, whatever them into other planners and then also for me, everything is just like everything is love and fear. Everything is focus or distraction. And for me to have a fitness planner and a strategic planner and the calendar, every time you stopped one to go into the other, you lot, or at least I lost momentum and it contributed to a little bit of distraction, right? 
So for me, I needed something all in one space. I needed something that met all of my needs. So many years ago, I developed my own planner. And occasionally it would come up and someone say, can I see that planner? Or can I? I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. First of all, because I'm not artistic. So my planner, like the very first version out, looked like I'd wrote, written it in crayon, right? Like, er, 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 Um, But what I did is at one point on social media at the end of last year, I said, I'm taking applications to beta test the planner because enough people have asked me now and it feels really scary to give this vulnerable part of me away, but I'm going to do it. And I can't remember, I think a close to a hundred people applied. And then we, I just narrowed it down, you know, based, you know, you know how I do applications. There's little hidden things you have to do and who did that and who did that. Anyway, there was 18 dot sisters beta testing this planner, different demographics of age, of race, of location, all of that testing this planner. And so they test it for two months. We'd get their feedback and we'd make tweaks. And of course, then Shauna went in and made it Shaunified, which means pretty. It wasn't my uh, crayon anymore. And so now, like this, it's a three-month strategic planner. It has everything in one, but it's also about reverse engineering your goals. And it was really rewarding because one of the beta testers said, I've been working on this one goal for years and years and never able to hit it. And with this planner, I was able to hit it. And I was like, oh, thank goodness. Yay. So it's a strategic planner. Um, Again, it's about reverse engineering, but everything is also housed within that. So there's not different books to look at for other things like fitness schedule. All of that's housed in there. It comes with its its own. It comes with a separate um, 12 month um, calendar. I'm just seeing if it's in here. Oh, it's not here. 12 month calendar. So for people who like to take one away to carry with them, but it's also within the planner as well, our, our calendars. So it's been a big part of my heart and, but now it's getting ready to launch. So it'll launch on October the 13th for people going to polka dots annual conference celebration. They can get it there earlier than the launch. But yeah, it's been a big, big piece of my heart. And it's I'm glad to see, because, you know, that's always scary. Is anybody going to like this? I yeah. made this for myself. And so uh, we have this big sheet of, of testimonials and, and people are loving it. So that's a huge relief. I love it. Oh, I actually, one of the people that mentioned it to me said I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing right now. I wouldn't be doing as much as I'm doing right now had it not been for that planner. Uh, so and she Yay. highly recommended and said you need to get it as soon as you can and oh, she wow. and she was uh you know promised secrecy right so she couldn't tell me anything but she just <laughs> said you got to get it as soon as you can i'm like okay okay i'll get it i'll get it <laughs> so uh that brings me to my next question where can you get it on october 13th where was that going to be so the planner is going to be through my website which is shannon crotty c-r-o-t-t-y.com and again on october 13th that will go live there so people can order it through there Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. So the link will be in the show notes, guys. So as you're listening, if you just click the show notes, you'll click the link and you'll be able to go right to the planner. That's awesome. All right. Now let's talk about the book. You've been swimming in the deep end a lot. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Swimming in the deep end a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, um, it's, uh, it's 26 survival tips that I wish had been given to me when I started that when I'm talking to other founders and things they are like, you know, or, or I'll hear that'll happen. I'm like, it happens to everybody. Why, why isn't anybody talking about this? Why aren't we talking about this? Why aren't we preparing our leaders, our founders, our visionaries for some of the lessons that they're going to hit up against? We can't make it easier for them. We can't make, we can't do that process for them, but we can at least let them know that's a normal part of the process. So for me, it was the lessons, the 26 lessons that I wish someone had prepared me for so that I would know that I wasn't broken and I wasn't doing it wrong. Oh, I love it. And that's coming out what date? Ooh, that's coming down out September 27th. And that you can get it through Amazon. But if you want the easy button, if you go to my website, there'll just be a link there under products too. So if you want, you don't want to have to go to a couple of different places. Amazon where is where you're going to be able to buy that, but there will be a link on the website as well. Perfect. So that's available September 27th. So that is amazing. So tell our listeners again, where they can find you. Okay. It's shannoncrotty.com. Simple and click the show notes. Everything will be in there. The book, the planner, all the things. Hey, I hope you're enjoying this episode. And just before we get to the good stuff, right? The good, the bad, and the ugly, I have this great announcement for you. 
We are starting the Pod Power Hour, which is a virtual event that's going to happen on Wednesdays at noon Eastern. And so if you've ever thought about having a podcast, if you have questions, if you are a podcaster and you want to come and meet other podcasters and learn what's new, what's happening, tips and tricks to be better at this amazing passion of podcasting that you have, we would love for you to join us. We're going to have experts there that are going to be sharing their genius. It's going to be amazing. So, and if you're a host and you want to come meet some amazing uh, people that could be potential guests for you on your show, come on out. What a great way to get exposure. Be sure to check it out on my website at camilehman.com as well as follow me on Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn. Whatever is your favorite platform, we will have registration there. You do need to register to attend. And it is on Zoom, so super simple, just one hour every other Wednesday. We start on May 4th, so don't miss out. Get registered today. We can't wait to see you there. You have moved from fighting cancer to discovering how to live beyond it. But what now? With so many emotional side effects still unknown, as a new survivor, you find yourself in a void as you navigate through the isolation, fear, and an uncertain future that can overshadow you and your family for years to come. Instead of focusing on the uncertainty of cancer, consider how strong and determined you are and think of the strength demonstrated by those who stood beside you through it all. Consider this. You now get to choose who you want to be and what your intentional, fulfilled life can look like. You made it through treatment, we can help you define yourself as a survivor. We're here to help you through this moment, to walk beside you as you shift your mindset from counting the days of life to creating a legacy. For more information, visit www.adventuretherapyfoundation.org or contact us at info at adventurefound.org. Oh, well, this has been so fun, Shannon. Thank you so much for being with us. You know, on the She's Invincible podcast, we promise our listeners that we're going to bring them fierce female entrepreneurs, and we are going to share their expert zone of genius and share things that others can take and put into practice to make a difference and to be better and do better. And you've done that so well today. But we're not done because on this podcast, we also promise those same listeners that we're going to pull back the curtain. And it's exactly what you said. You couldn't have said it any better. It's that middle part. It's that messy part that they don't hear and they need to know the truth. And so we, they look at you and they think, oh, that lucky girl, <laughs> right? They see that mountaintop experience. They see the success and the accomplishments. And they think all of these things about how lucky you are and they have no idea idea what it looked like along the journey and how easy it would have been for you to give up on your dreams. So right now we're going to pull back the curtain and we're going to tell all the truth about this crazy journey that you have taken. Are you ready? I'm ready. Awesome. Okay. So I love to start with the good. I always want to hear the good news first. So if you ask me, do you want the good news or the bad news? I'm always going to say, give me the good news. Let's give them the good news. Tell us a good or greatest part or story about your journey so far? There was a celebration that we had in Chicago. I want to say it was 2016. And I was in the bathroom, everything great. All the conversations happened in the bathroom. And a member that I was familiar with, but I didn't know well, came up to me and said, I got to tell you something. She said, I was a school educator for 20 years. And then I got involved with an MLM right before I joined Polkadot and I joined Polkadot. And that was about six months before she got sick and she had, and she got sick and she was bedridden and she wound up quitting her job. And she said, Shannon, no one that I'd worked with for 20 years ever called or came by, but there was Dot Sisters at my house every single day. They were cooking my meals. They were running my errands. They were doing all the things and they weren't going to make any money off me in, the, in that time. And she said, and that's when I knew this community was different. And that is a story that's always stuck with me because 
it reminds me of how important we are and what we do impacts lives, even as we're not seeing it. Oh, I love that. And I can only imagine as being the founder and all the things that you had to go through to get to where you were and had the company where it was to hear that and know it was worth it. Right. And these are the things that that come in and they but they like they they confirm uh, that you like, yes, all of your hard work, all of the pushing through you know, when it would have been easier to quit, like what yeah. a difference. I can't even imagine that. Well, I'm, wow. Okay. So that's fun. All right. So next we want to tell a story about the bad. We'll save the ugly for last. So tell us a story about the bar, the bad part of the journey. So in 2020, that was a rough year for all of us. And there was, there were people within the organization that wanted me to change the mission of the company. And, and for good reason, like there's a lot, a lot of companies had to make a lot of decisions and it was a good reason to change the company, but it didn't feel great in my gut. And my gut said, why people wanted me to start dictating the conversations that our, our members would have. They said it in different ways, but when I finally got down to it, it was that they wanted us to dictate the conversations and to take sides on things. And that just felt bad. That felt bad to my gut. It's like, you know, and I agreed with some of what they said. And I thought there's companies that do this and there's companies that do that. And all these things are important, but I stood my ground. Uh, I stood my ground and I said, if we are only going to do those things, if they fall into alignment with the company and the alignment with the company was about connecting women for sisterhood. Right. But I didn't think it was our job to decide their thoughts, their conversations, all those things. Mm. Because I wouldn't budge, there was like 200 members at that point that got mad and left. And that never feels great. And then came the onslaught of watching myself getting misquoted on social media. But I'm not here to get in a fist fight with anybody. I know who I am. I know how my heart works. I know what's important and I know what I said. And I was like, I could see it. I could see people that were like my saying they were my friends. And then I would also happen to see a conversation where they would misquote me or say things weren't important to me that were. And I'm like, you didn't, I'm thinking to myself, you did not hear what I said. That was a horrible, that was the same year we were doing the one hour zoom, right? It's like, so you don't really know who I am. I'm doing this, but because I won't change the mission and the slant of the company, because I will let women decide their own opinions their own conversations because I will let them decide what they will do and what they will hear once they get together. Now, you know, now I'm a bad person, Mm. but so that wasn't, that was bad. It felt bad. It felt, you know, and that's, you know, that fear of success people talk about. Yeah. Why would I make myself target practice? Absolutely. But at the end of the day, that bad was also a reminder that there's a reason not everybody does this. And if you are chosen to, carry a mission forward, it is because you are strong enough to hold the line and protect it. I love that. That's amazing. You're so right too. hold the line, right? Hold the line. And, and really in the end, I mean, uh, aren't you grateful that you continued like, look where it is today. Right. And yeah, yeah two years later. So yeah. yeah. Oh man. And I know that's not easy. That's a lot of pressure. That is a lot of pressure, but Good for you that you didn't give in to that. Yeah. That's authentic leadership. Wow. Okay. All right. So now we're going to take one more left turn here. (laughs) Now we got to talk about the ugly. (laughs) There's always ugly. I think I always say the more success you, you achieve or enjoy the, the uglier the moments are right. There's so many more of them and they come faster and faster. So tell us a story about the ugly part of this journey. So actually this happened before I was a founder, but I can, that it it completely ties into my foundership. Um, When I was first in Wisconsin, trying to find those friends, going through this period of disconnection that I was meant to go through, or I would probably never even, you know, thought about polka dot. I um, was so needy for friends and they're, you know, my kid, one of my kids was um, elementary age and, you know, there's, I don't know if they still do it, but there's a part where you, pick up the kids every day at the same place. All the parents come into the cafeteria to pick up the kids, whatever. And there was a mom that was, that was always pleasant to me. And we live right, just, just, you know, just able to walk really quickly to the lake. We live right up the road from the lake. 
and she invited me to a boat party. And I'm like, this is it. This is it. This is my place. I'm going to bring the best dip ever. They're going <laughs> to love me. This is going to be amazing. And when, so I'm a, I'm a, I'm a decent swimmer, but I'm not like, you know, like competitive swimmer. We're in the middle of this lake on a pontoon. And every so often they would say this boat was tippy that we've got to move Shannon again. They were <sighs> mean to me. They were all these things. And I, you know, inside you're crumbling, but you don't also, number one, you don't want to give them the honor of seeing you drown as you try to get back to shore, but yeah. you also don't want to give them the honor of seeing you crumble. Right. And so I just, you know, it was a, they were having drinks. I'd be like, I'll have another drink. <laughs> like, just got to get through this. And every day after that, at the, you know, in the high, in the elementary school at the pickup, they would be there kind of looking at me and laughing and all the things. And it, that was kind of that realization. Maybe I don't need friends. Maybe I don't need friends. But what I realized is, is that it was a really important lesson to me of what sisterhood does not look like and what it looks like. And that I would carry that lesson and that feeling with me to have empathy and authenticness and know what is important into my journey as a founder. So as ugly as that night felt, I needed that experience. I needed that to know what that feeling feels like for other people, because there's a good portion of people that maybe don't have that exact same story, but they do. I hear so often, I didn't think I even liked women. Women haven't ever been nice to me. I needed to know how that felt so that I can serve other people. That was a gift. That's what it they gave. They gave you a gift. And you know, as you're saying this, all I keep thinking is back to the bad. You got a gift there that helped you hold the line in that situation where you were, people were trying to push you into changing your values, right? Of the company and the direction and the, the voices and all of that. Uh, and I think that is amazing. And so you never really correlate that, but every bad and, and hard situation, I say to people all the time, when you're doing great, you're the teacher, but what it's when you're learning the most is when you're in the, those, the bad and the ugly, that's when we're defined and we learn the most and we, we grow the most. And I think that that was a gift. And I think that gift helped you. Absolutely. I I've been this, this year when I've been um, visiting chapters, I've been talking about in the dark. And almost all the growth we have is in the dark. It's in the light where you see the growth, right? Yeah, but most right. of the growth happens in the dark. Most of the growth happens in times of chaos, of turbulence, of, of confusion. That's where the growing, that's where the muscles happen. And we need those. We need to stop being afraid of the dark. Because I mean, no one wants to go there, but we got to stop being afraid of it because that's what we need. That's where we learn what we need for the road forward. A hundred percent. Oh, I love that so much. And so... And before we even say goodbye, we have to have a little conversation about nobody's peeing in the deep end. <laughs> <laughs> so I remember these conversations that we've had and I know, you know, you were teaching, you were doing speeches and traveling and, you know, your topic was swimming in the deep end and jumping in the deep end. And, and then, you know, so, so tell us a little bit about that whole uh, it's kind of a theory, but there's some truth to that, right? right? Yeah. So, so tell us about the, what the happened. Story of the first time I said it is in the book. So it's yeah. in the book. But the, the thing is, is that when you're in the deep end, you're having to focus, you're having to pay attention to your own lane and what you're doing to stay above water. So there's a lot less playing going on in the deep end. There's, I mean, there may be someone peeing, but it's out of necessity. It's not out of, I got nothing else to do, but pee right now. Right. You people in the deep end, like that is a scary place with a lot of extra risk. And you really have to mean business when you're in the deep end to not drown. And so for me, there, there's not that, you know, that correlation, there's not a lot of playing going over there. Those of us in the deep end are, are sometimes struggling, are sometimes gasping for air, are always, you know, typically working. You're always paddling or, or your feet are moving or what have you. It's just a different place to be. Yeah. And then there's the shallow end <laughs> where you never want to get caught. It's always warmer there, right? That people wonder why is it so warm over here in the shallow end? Yeah. But what's happening in the shallow end? People yeah. are hanging out. They're not really doing much of anything. They're not putting forth any effort. 
which is sometimes what you need, right? We all need the shallow end sometimes. Like well, we go there to rest. I'm just going to chill and enjoy. But, you know, to that deep end, there, there's so much going on for people who are really making an impact on the world that we at least need to acknowledge them for what's what how hard they're working and what's truly going on there. I love it. I love it. And I cannot wait for your book to come out. I absolutely love the cover. I love seeing your behind the scene sneak peeks of the Mia photos. Was drowning and, yes. and not, <laughs> I couldn't get to the very bottom and they were trying to instruct me. Finally, I figured out there was a ladder. I could push myself to the bottom. It was a whole show at first. I thought it's not going to happen, but I, and the shoe falling off. That was, I was really dedicated to the shoe. But as we got going, I thought, forget it. I don't care if the shoe happens or not. I just, I, I just want to get the shot. And the final shot has that shoe falling off. So that was part of the vision too. <laughs> that was amazing. And when I first saw the photo, I was like, OMG, did she really do that fully dressed in a suit? <laughs> I did. And baby, I that know. suit, like they had me weighted. They had that, that suit was a heavy suit. They had weights in my pocket to try to help me get lower. Um, <laughs> it was a whole, it was a whole show on my IG, which is Shano's Smile. There is some behind the scenes uh, or at least one, at least one behind the scene video, but it was a, it was not easy. Uh, I'm sure. Just I'm like sure. foundership, beautiful, amazing. The outcome is brilliant, but not easy. Uh, and how did that suit uh, fare in the chlorine? <laughs> you know what? It was a saltwater pool. Oh, so, so that was, was perfect. Fine. Yeah. I didn't even know that. I thought the suit's going to be junk. But it was a saltwater pool. So I've worn actually worn that suit since. <laughs> right for saltwater, right? Oh my yeah. gosh, I love it. All right. Well, before we say goodbye, I'm just going to ask you to finish this sentence for me. The world would be a better place if more people knew blank. The world would be a better place if more people knew that they are just right and they are in the right place at the right time. I love it. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you, Cammie. It's been a privilege. I and, love you. I love you. And to our listeners, I have no idea where you are right now. If you're face down on the ground, get back up, girl. Get back up. You can do it. Tell them, Shannon. You can do it. And there's no one that can do it like you. I love it. Get back up, girl. You can do anything. Hey, thanks so much for hanging out with us today. If you were inspired or learned something new, please subscribe to the podcast, give us a review and share us with your friends. For more information about me and how I can support you, please stop on over to my website at camilehman.com and book a free call with me. I'd love to meet you and learn more about how I can support you.